Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Carrots and Cake podcast. We have another solo episode with just me today. And today, I'm going to talk about striking the balance between more and less when it comes to ulcerative colitis. So ah, I have a few notes and bullet points for today's podcast, but I decided I'm just going to talk and just give you all the details and it's just going to come out how it comes out. Because if you'd followed me for any period of time, You know that I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. It was back in 2011, and I have really struggled with it over the years. And it's for a lot of reasons. And hindsight is 2020. Talk therapy has been wonderful. I feel like I'm still figuring it all out. And I think a lot of my quote unquote problem with this disease is that I just haven't totally accepted it. And I have a wonderful therapist. I have a wonderful husband, and both of them kindly have said, (laughs) you just need to accept it. And it's just hard for me to be be okay with it. Like, I don't want to have this disease. It's a real pain in the ass, quite literally sometimes. And I just, I don't want to have a chronic disease. I just, I don't. And I think I have been really resistant to accepting it. And I think I'm at a better place of acceptance where I'm taking the meds, I'm taking them on time. I'm doing what my doctor says to a certain point. There's some things that I don't totally agree with, but I think taking the meds on the regular has been a big, a big change for me because I do think there was almost a point in my journey where this is what I talked about with my therapist, where I almost felt like I didn't deserve to feel well, like I had to work for my health. And if I didn't work for it and put in 110, put in 110% effort, I didn't deserve to feel well. Like I got this disease and I needed to work to feel better. And I think I did that for a lot of years. And this is where this idea of more and less with ulcerative colitis comes in. I really think I was that person that I needed to do more. I needed to have better protocols, more testing, more supplements, all the right foods. And it was just more, more, more. And it sent me down so many rabbit holes and really negative spirals as far as fear and worrying and feeling bad about myself and blaming myself. I mean, I still blame myself, but I'm working on it. But man, that idea of more, more, more really made me nuts at times and doing things perfectly all the time. I mean, Lord knows I have done every single diet there is for ulcerative colitis, and I've probably done them multiple times and I've done them perfectly, like literally followed them to a T and I never got one bit better. And the funny thing about it is Every time I did a diet to a T, I felt like I got worse. And it's kind of funny thinking about it because I do think the mental, emotional part of doing all these restrictive diets put 
a serious toll on me. And I think it actually made my symptoms worse because I was so stressed out about it. So I'm kind of off to a ramble here, but just want to give you a little, little backstory and kind of like where we left off with this journey. Because yeah, if you've been following me for 15, 16 years online, you might know some of this already, but if you're new to Carrots and Cake, new to the podcast, maybe you just found this random ulcerative colitis podcast <laughs> episode. I want to just give you some of the details. So um, clip notes, diagnosed in 2011, um, right before I turned 31 years old. I always said it came out of nowhere, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious because now that I know so many more things about ulcerative, ulcerative colitis and like some of the causes, I'm like the poster child for having UC. I mean, I was on acne medications multiple times as a kid, multiple rounds of antibiotics. Um, I was on the birth control pill for 14 years. I didn't have a very healthy diet, um, ate a lot of processed food. I was super stressed out. I never slept. I didn't take care of myself. I drank a lot of beer in college and beyond. Um, I just did a lot of things that didn't really support my health. And yeah, one day I got UC. <laughs> It just happened out of nowhere. So looking back, it, it makes a lot of sense probably why I have this disease. But like I was saying, I don't want to have it. But basically from 2011 to maybe like 2013, when I got pregnant, tried a lot of diets, tried all the usual medications um, over the, I don't want to say over the counter. That's not what I meant. Um, medications that weren't biologics. Um, they were just the regular Lialda, Azacol, um, topical things, um, a lot of those medications. And they never really worked. The only thing that ever worked for me and still works for me is prednisone. And you can't be on prednisone long-term. It is just not, not good for you. Um, but yeah, I struggled for those initial years with UC. I got pregnant. All my symptoms went away, had a wonderful pregnancy, no real issues. And then once I had my son, Quinn, went into a terrible flare. And you mix that with a newborn, breastfeeding, not sleeping, you know, hormonal crashes after labor and delivery. I was a hot mess. Um, and in October of 2014, right after my son was born, who was four months old at that point, um, I don't want to say I was forced to start my first biologic, but I didn't have any options at that point. I was going to the bathroom 30 times a day, so much blood in the toilet, zero energy. And it got to the point where I couldn't take care of myself. So if I couldn't take care of myself, I couldn't take care of a tiny baby. So my doctor said, I'm admitting you admitting you to the hospital right now. We're going to get a bed for you. Or on Monday, you can come in and get your first infusion of Remicade. And I was like, well, I don't want to be away from my son. I don't want to have a hospital stay. So, okay, I will come in on Monday and I will get Remicade. So I think this was on a Friday. <laughs> so made it through the weekend, got my infusion on Monday. And yeah, Remicade, um, I was probably on it a year and a half. It never totally got me into remission. It helped a little bit, but I was also a lunatic during that time. I was training for marathons. I wasn't eating healthy food. I was under eating. I was super duper stressed. And my doctor even said that. He was like, yeah, most 
people or most patients that we have aren't running marathons. Like you were putting so much stress on your body and I just ignored them. I didn't want to hear it. So that really never worked for me. And then, yeah, after Remicade stopped working, I went on Intivio and Intivio worked for so long. It was a good four to five years. I had a really, really good run on it. Um, and at the end of 2019 is where the drug really started failing me. I just started having symptoms. I couldn't get out of that flare. We tried a few different things. Nothing seemed to work. And so at that point, I... I was getting pretty, I think I was in my FDN training at that point. So I knew what functional labs were. I knew there was a different approach to health and healing and all of that. So I wanted to try to heal myself naturally. And I ran all the labs. I did all the protocols. I worked with practitioners. I did so many more extreme diets, more protocols, more supplements. Oh my gosh, all the things. But basically I struggled from 2019 until... 2022. <laughs> so it was a long time of trying different things. I did parasite protocols. I did um, H. pylori protocols, which third time was a charm. I did finally get rid of it. Um, didn't improve my UC symptoms. Um, I did the most extreme diets. I did the elemental diet where you basically just drink your nutrition. That definitely made my symptoms worse, which is interesting because I wasn't eating food, but I was still having very, very bad symptoms. I did the carnivore diet for a good six weeks. That kind of calmed things down, but I didn't fully heal from it. But I think that's the thing about UC is that if the inflammation is out of control, it doesn't matter how many diets you do. It doesn't matter how many supplements you take. You have to get that inflammation down. And I think that was hard for me to understand. And the only way I could get that inflammation down quickly was with prednisone. And I relied on prednisone for way too long between 2019 and 2022. And I started Stellara, stopped Stellara, and then went back to Stellara. And I've been on Stellara for probably about a year now, knock on wood, doing so much better. And I can honestly say the doing less approach has been really good for me. So I've stopped going down rabbit holes. I've stopped searching for answers all the time, Googling things, listening to podcasts, YouTube. Not to say that I'm not continuing to educate myself and learn new things, but there's not that sense of desperation. And this is going to be the magic thing that heals me because I have learned it is so different for everybody. I mean, ulcerative colitis is just a description for the symptoms that you have. I mean, I know it's technically a diagnosis, but they're throwing all of us into the same bucket because they don't know, the doctors or researchers, they don't know what is causing this exactly because it's so different for everybody that has ulcerative colitis. Ulcerative colitis literally means you have ulcerations and inflammation in your colon. That's all it means. But the reason for it, the symptoms are so different for everyone. And I have connected with so many women over the internet, over the years, we all have the same ulcerative colitis diagnosis, but we all have different symptoms. So some ladies, they have bloating and gas and constipation and acid reflux and things like that. I have none of that, uh, but I have a ton of blood. <laughs> like my insides bleed all the time. And if I let that inflammation get out of control, yes, then I have urgency and diarrhea and so much blood, so much blood. The blood is scary. That's like what really freaks me out. But anyways, it's just so different for everybody. And I think 
the more searching you do for information or new things to try, it just reinforces that you're not trusting yourself or trusting your body or even just like your better judgment in this situation. And I think I got to a point in my journey where I was so removed from what my body needed and the signs and symptoms. Like, yeah, obviously there were obvious symptoms, like you see symptoms, but I wasn't listening to what my body needed. And I know that's like very vague and a little woo woo, but I do think when you slow down, and really start to pay attention to what's happening with your body and how certain situations affect it. And I'm not talking just food. Like, yes, food is an important part of it, but, you know, certain stressful situations or, you know, when you don't get a good night's sleep or you have an argument with somebody or you've been working really long hours or you're doing too much running or too much CrossFit or strength training or something like that. But the more you can pay attention to what your body needs, I just think the pieces start to come together a little bit more. And it took me a while to get here. It took me like a decade to get to this point. And I can't say that I have all the answers by any means, but I do feel like I have a better control of what's going on in my body. And I'm not as fearful of the disease. I think before when I started to see flare symptoms, I would freak out. It was the end of the world. The sky was falling. This was going to spiral into like a terrible flare where I was going to the bathroom 30 times a day and my hair was falling out and I was losing weight and I had no energy and I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And I would just panic. It would be total panic. I'd be crying. You know what I mean? I mean, can't tell you how many times I've cried over this disease, but I think now when I start to see those flare symptoms, it's just information for me. It's like, okay, I see a little mucus. I see a little blood in in my stool. What are we going to do now? And it's just making changes in that moment. You know, what can I do? Is it a different medication that we're going to add in? Am I going to lay off the dairy for a little bit? Am I going to not drink alcohol? You know what I mean? So there's like a few things that I just immediately go to and I just start paying attention to how I can better support my body because we're starting to have flare symptoms. But I think, especially with like chronic diseases, you just need to get to a point where you stop searching and looking for more info, because I think you can have all the info in the world, but if you're not doing the right things for your body and you're not listening to your body, you're just going to continue to struggle. And I feel like that's where I was for a long time, that cycle of education, testing, more and more and more. And I think also for me personally, it was preventing me from dealing with like the inner emotional stuff. And I've talked to my therapist about this a million times, but essentially like me searching for more info, signing up for more trainings and certifications, buying more books, it was just avoiding dealing with like the emotional stuff that I was probably just pushing down. And yeah, I do have some trauma and stuff in my past that, you know, I'm still working through. It's not something that's going to be easily fixed overnight, but I do wonder if that constant searching is preventing you from dealing with something a little bit deeper. So again, not shaming, not pointing fingers. It's just something that I've realized in this journey. I mean, I'm going through it too. I'm still figuring it all out. But anyways, so that was kind of like the more and less stuff I wanted to talk about because I don't think it's always more, more, more. Um, And I also don't think it's less, less, less because this is a good transition to the next thing that I wanted to talk about. I think when I first 
was diagnosed, I was all about the food sensitivity tests. You know what I mean? I can't even tell you how many I've run over the years. And it was all about removing foods. It was removing these inflammatory foods or foods that my body was reacting to. And what I've learned from food sensitivity testing, not to say that it can't be helpful, but it's not really dealing with the issue at hand. Your body and your gut are reacting to those foods because something is out of whack in your gut. So yeah, simply removing them can help with the symptoms, but you still might have that dysfunction there. So for me, I did all the restrictive diets, removed all these foods, you know, did all the food sensitivity tests. I can't tell you how many different ones I did over the years. And yeah, it would help a little bit, but it would never get me into full remission because I wasn't dealing with whatever is causing the UC. I still don't know what's causing the UC at this point, but the meds are helping. But as far as the food stuff goes, it was all about restriction. It was like, I need to remove gluten. I need to remove dairy. I need to remove soy and eggs and processed foods and nuts and seeds. And oh my gosh, there was at one point I was eating like zucchini and chicken breast. And like, that was it. I mean, it was at one point I was eating ground beef every day when I was doing the carnivore diet. So yeah, maybe these diets can help some people and that's great and wonderful. I just never experienced great results from restrictive diets. And if you think about a restrictive diet, yeah, short-term, sure. It could help calm things down as far as flare symptoms go. But long-term, you're missing out on a lot of nutrients and minerals. And I don't doubt that all of those restrictive diets, probably like a decade of restrictive diets, left my body super depleted. And I've talked about this a little bit in other podcasts, but I got to a point when I was just about to turn 40, it was like pretty close to my 40th birthday. It was during COVID, stress, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. But I just felt so awful. I had no energy, couldn't get out of bed in the morning. I felt like a crazy, moody, irritable, cranky human every single day. I just didn't feel like myself. I gained all this weight out of nowhere. My skin was breaking out. My hair was falling out. I was getting weird infections and reoccurring infection, infections again and again. And yeah, it's never one thing, but I do wonder if just being too hard on my body, doing all these restrictive diets, just put my body in a place where it was so, so depleted. And I don't know, I don't know if it's just being in this functional space or learning more about minerals, but something finally clicked for me where I was like, it's not about restriction. It's actually about adding and nourishing your body. And yeah, finding mineral testing has been a huge thing for me, huge, because once I started paying attention to minerals and nourishing my body, not just avoiding all these foods, I started to feel better. I had more energy. I felt like a normal, happy human. I felt a lot more balanced. My hormones got better. I lost weight. So many things improved when I started to nourish my body instead of fearing food and restricting literally everything. And now I don't really restrict anything. I don't eat gluten on the regular, but like I'll have a bite of a donut, I'll have a bite of mac and cheese. Like I'll have gluten here and there because there are great things about wheat as far as prebiotics and feeding the gut and whatnot. But I just have been, I just feel like I've been at the extremes when it comes to the restrictive diets where I overanalyzed everything that I put into my body. Like I would have a mental breakdown about whether I should eat a pepper or a tomato or a potato and oh my God, nightshades and oxalates and, you know, all these different 
food substances that could potentially cause a reaction in my body. And I just got to a point where I was like, enough's enough. Just eat what you want. Like eat what you want within reason. Like I'm not crushing Red Bull and Red 5 and processed food by any means. But, you know, eat whole foods, eat foods that you like, eat nourishing foods. And yeah, when I found minerals, I did the root cause protocol. I just feel like everything changed for me. I just started eating more red meat. I started eating eggs, started eating fruit and fruit juice and squashes and beans and rice, all these like really like substantial nourishing foods. And I really think I brought my body out of a state of stress and dysfunction and depletion to a much more nourished body where I think I can handle this disease a bit better. And I hope not saying all this, I'm totally jinx myself and I'm going to be like in a flare, like in a few days, but I just feel like I'm a lot happier. I'm a lot healthier. And it was doing the opposite of what I had done for so long. So now I'm really focused on soluble fibers and really feeding that gut bacteria. I mean, there's literally bacteria that make up the mucosal lining in your gut that, you know, protects you from outside pathogens and sickness and illness and everything. And that whole idea of leaky gut. So like you need to feed these bacteria in order to have a healthy colon essentially. So like if you're not consuming soluble fibers and fibers on the regular, you might actually have more GI issues. And I should probably backtrack. Like when you are in like a full on flare, inflammation's out of control, adding a bunch of fiber, probably not the best thing. So obviously like you need to get your body into a good place, but you can also start slow and steady with fiber and soluble fibers. Soluble fibers are different than insoluble fibers. Insoluble fibers are the ones in like fruits and veggies, and sometimes they are like a little bit more difficult to break down. Soluble fibers are the ones in like uh, beans and oats and lentils and things like that. Sometimes they can be easier to digest. Of course, it depends on the person. But for me, I feel like my body does really well with those soluble fibers. So I've been eating a ton of beans lentils, oats every single day. I've added inulin powder to my protein shakes and my oatmeal and thing like things like that. Been eating way more ground flaxseed, ground pumpkin seeds, stuff like that. And knock on wood, I feel like it is making a difference, but that's the thing. I think you need to nourish your body and nourish your gut so things become a lot more balanced. And I really think I was doing the opposite. And I actually think I can confirm that because I ran a GI map, which is a stool test um, that we run here at Carrots and Cake, but I ran it maybe at the end of the summer or middle of the summer, somewhere in there. And when I looked at the overall gut bacteria, it was so depleted. All those levels were super duper low. And I think it was a combination of restrictive diets, a bunch of stress, and these killing protocols. I was really into like parasites and like, I love Cellcore. I love their products. I still use them. I still recommend them. But I think I did too much of that. And I think I did too much of it back to back without giving my gut time to recalibrate and recover from that. I was just like, you need to kill everything. There might be parasites. We're killing, killing, killing. And I think that really just depleted my gut. So now obviously have a much more slow and steady approach to healing the gut and giving it time to rebalance itself on its own and using food and some of these fibers to really heal. But 
I think it just goes to show you there, there is a balance between how much you're doing and like really what you're focusing on. And I have been all over the place with this disease. Like I said, there's an acceptance issue that I'm still working through, but I also feel like this is not something that I was meant to have forever. I do think the universe works in weird, mysterious ways. And maybe I was given this disease to send me down this path because I think if I didn't get diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, I wouldn't have gone into this functional space. I wouldn't have become an FDN practitioner. I wouldn't have started offering functional testing to my clients and to our clients. And now we have a team, you know, doing this too, but I might not have entered this functional health space and maybe I wouldn't have worked with women in this way. So sometimes even though I don't accept this disease fully, I'm thankful for it in the sense that it sent me down this path. And this is absolutely what I want to be doing. I love this work. I love helping women. And I just think you get amazing results when you have a different approach instead of just medications or surgery. And Obviously, I think we can coexist with what happens in the conventional space. And I'm so thankful that we have medications. And when I first was diagnosed in 2011, there wasn't much out there. I think Remicade was one of the few biologics out there. And a lot of the other drugs that were available were really not that safe. I mean, there was prednisone and Imuran and five... I don't even remember the name of it, but some of these drugs that are really hard on your body. And nowadays we have so many biologics. They're a lot safer. We have the jack inhibitors. We have so many men. So I am so thankful for the research that happens and all these people that are working to figure out how to help us deal with these symptoms. But at the same time, I want to be healthy for the long run. And I do wonder, like, how long are these drugs really going to work? Are we ever going to find a cure? So I just think being able to take care of my health in a different way with nutrition and maybe some supplements and lifestyle changes, I just think that has more longevity, um, at least from like an everyday, what am I doing with my life and my health standpoint? All right, guys, I think that's all I have to say about UC today. I mean, that's my update. Um, yeah, been doing pretty well. Um, my my doctor wanted me to take a look at some blood work and whatnot just because we hadn't done any testing in a while. Everything looked good. All my inflammation markers were down. Um, my calprotectin looked good. Everything looked good. So whatever we're doing over here is working. Thank God for medications. I do have a colonoscopy coming up sometime in the spring. I'm kind of like waiting to hear back just because my doctor was so booked up, but yeah, just trucking along. And I just keep, I just hope the meds continue to work and I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing as far as the diet and the lifestyle and the supplements. Um, and then, yeah, I'm not, I'm taking a few supplements for UC. Again, this is very personal, obviously talk to your doctor practitioner before adding any of these in. Um, but I take mega IgG, which is really good for, um, your immune response in your gut. Um, I do take some probiotics, um, Megaspore is what I'm taking. I also have some BSL-3 in the fridge, so I kind of switch them up just to get a variety. Um, I'm taking L-glutamine, take that once a day, and that's pretty much it. All the other supplements I take are for hormonal balance and mineral balancing, of course, but those are the gut-specific ones, which they seem to help. Again, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and just fingers crossed I stay healthy. 
All right, guys, that's all I have for this episode. Thanks for listening in. And you guys know where to find me if you have any additional questions. And I hope you are feeling well on your UC and IVD journey.